contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. In humility, but in boldness. In strength and passion. In courage and honor. Contend for the faith. Welcome to No Sanity Required. From the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is part two of the resurrection series we're doing, and I don't know how many episodes we're going to do with this. Just kind of, I'm not real good at this podcast thing yet. I just kind of roll with it and let it let the let the chips fall where they may. But I'm looking forward to to continuing this conversation about the resurrection. And what I want to do is. In the last episode, we talked about how the the eyewitness accounts of the resurrection is seen through the brothers, the, the half-brothers of Jesus. Those would have been Joseph and Mary's sons that they had together biologically. And I want to walk you through, we're actually, I'm, I'm double dipping here. I'm in the middle of preparing for our Iron on Iron conference, which is virtual this year. We're live streaming that. Not live streaming, but we're streaming it. And uh, we're going to actually teach through all that content with our institute and intern program and then record, film, film that, and then uh, stream it uh, to those who would have attended the Iron on Iron Conference. Iron, Iron on Iron Conference is an annual youth and student ministry, uh, like a resource conference for people that are in student ministry. It could be anybody from student pastors to small group leaders to teachers, whatever. And so we do that every year, and it's a really effective way to partner and encourage folks. But this year we're doing that virtually just because, uh, not because we're shut down right now, but because we lost so many dates on our calendar, we had to move some things. So this past weekend we hosted our, well, two weekends ago, we hosted our um the Respond Women's Conference, which was a, a, a makeup date from last spring. So anyway, all that to say, we're we're going with uh, an, an online version of our Iron, Iron on Iron Conference this year. And one of the um, the like the talking point or the main point, the theme, the focus of the conference is contending for the faith, and that comes from the Book of Jude. Jude verse three, little bitty Book of Jude. Jude verse three, and that book is little, but it is loaded. It's a dynamite. It's like a stick of dynamite. There's a, the book of Jude reminds me of Katie Cousins. I don't know if you know Katie. Katie uh, works here at Snowbird, um, in, in, like in and out of Snowbird because she's a soccer player. And she's a, a standout soccer player nationally. Um, she's won all kinds of awards. Was a two-time All-American at University of Tennessee. Played on the under-20 national team in the World Cup. But Katie, I always pick on her because she's real little. She's real short. Now, she's got tree trunk legs, and she's built like a you know like a linebacker almost. She's so strong, but she's about five feet tall, 5'1", something like that. And I'm always, I'm always giving her a hard time. She stays here with us and, and uh, lived with us this past summer. But, but watching her play soccer is so impressive, and you, you see her and – when she's on the on the field, she is in command, you know. And Jude is that type of book. It's little. You look at it; it's easy to just look over it, you know. It's just such a short little writing, but it is such a powerful, powerful challenge to the to the church, and and that is as as beneficial for us today as it was for the early church. So uh, we're contending for the faith and being challenged and called to contend for the faith, which is so necessary 
in this day and age. But I want to look at, uh, at, at two of the brothers of Jesus. One is Jude, who writes this book. Uh, commentators agree that that's the Jude we're talking about. And the other one is James who's also half-brother of Jesus and brother of Jude. So in the, in the intro to the book of Jude, so uh, at the beginning of the book, um, so he's, he's, you know, he's, he's doing his greetings, and he says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. And as far as I want to go, um, but in, in this idea of the evidence of the resurrection, here you've got two brothers who are half-brothers to Jesus who we know um, have had their lives totally changed and impacted by the resurrection. And so I want to talk, I want to kind of break this down. The, the fact that Jude introduces himself as a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. He doesn't say, I'm an apostle. He doesn't say, I'm a leader in the church. He doesn't say, I'm a pastor. Or I'm a missionary. He, even though we know he did those things for a long, long time after the ascension of Jesus, he introduces himself as a slave of Jesus. And so it's, it's what, what we've got is this really neat picture of humility where this man has been so impacted by the resurrection of Jesus and what he has seen and beheld that he doesn't even refer to Jesus as his brother. He says, I'm his slave. He recognizes that Jesus is the God man. And I, you know, I think uh, for me, just as an application and a challenge, it's so easy to get puffed up, to, to be conceited, you know, to, to think, well, I'm something that I'm not. And sometimes we have to fight this overwhelming desire to be approved by others or appreciated or admired. To hear somebody say, oh, that was so funny. Or that, you know, for me as a preacher, teacher, communicator, to hear somebody say, man, that was a great sermon. I really loved what you said. You know, we as humans, we have this desire for affirmation. That's just normal. But we will be most effective when we humble ourselves before the Lord. And oftentimes that means humbling ourselves under authority and accountability that God has provided. And Jude, Jude shows us what that looks like. He submits to the Lord and you see this. It's, it ends up being a powerful picture of humility. Um, there's also a need for authority and accountability um, not just in ministry but in life every day. For many of us there's this natural tendency so some of our listeners are going to identify with this. I have a natural tendency to rebel against authority. So like if, if, if I know I'm not supposed to do something, everything in me wants to do it. So some, I think some people are naturally, you know, if you've got multiple kids, you might have a child that's an, an easy rule follower and another one that just from the youngest age, you ask them to do something and they're going to say, no, they're going to put their hands on their hips. They're going to clench their fists. And that, that that's the way I think I'm more wired. Um, and so I need to be reminded that I am not in charge and I am, I am, I am a rebel by nature, but Christ has conquered my rebellious soul and spirit. And so in my submission to him, it, it should look a lot like what happened with Jude and James, the brothers of Jesus, along with his other brothers, I've surrendered my will. And Jude surrendered his will. So it wasn't just, I want to, I want to focus on this, man. It's not the, the evidence of the resurrection through the, the lens of Jude and James, Jesus's brothers is not just these guys saw him alive after they saw him executed. And so now they're like, okay, we'll get on board. No, these, 
Jesus, there is only one appropriate relationship with Jesus, and that is that of Lord and servant, master and slave, like Savior and lost and undone and in need of salvation, and he saves us. Like that's the relationship that Jude and James have with Jesus. It's not, okay, you're our brother, and now we see you as our Lord because you rose from the dead. Or, or I'm sorry, not not, okay, you're our brother, and we discredited you, but now – Okay, we get it. You are you you're you're pretty legit. No, this is like they worship him as God. They submit to him. This is authority and accountability and humility surrendered to the rightful king, you know? And and in doing that, you see that that mindset of submission and accountability spills over into our our earthly relationships within a church. So the evidence of the resurrection was not just that these men then confessed Jesus as Lord, but that they submitted to each other for accountability in life. I mean, they were these guys were sharpening one another, encouraging one another. They were on mission together. There was fellowship. You read about them doing life together in fellowship and community, living life um, on mission for the gospel, and 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 essentially striving with one another. And so, a healthy ministry, a healthy church, a healthy life is one where there's a good accountability structure. So these guys are showing us not just here's evidence of the resurrection. They then identified the resurrection no it's their lives were changed they surrendered their will to god through jesus they became accountable to one another and i think that uh, a lot of pastors and youth pastors and men and women and teenagers and people by nature struggle in this area because we don't have accountability structures in place and I know I'm kind of getting off the rails a little bit here, and I'm 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 moving from the resurrection to accountability. But I think it's important because accountability is so important. Accountability and a, and a right picture of authority is so important in our lives because it's it's profitable for growth and for protection against sin and and, and a protection of personal holiness and those pursuits. And then for me to push back against pride and suppress pride and to promote growth and humility and as an example to others and to know that the Lord will bless and give us greater ministry effectiveness when we surrender and submit ourselves to him. Both Peter and James tell us this, that we, when we humble ourselves under the Lord, he'll raise us up. And so I need to seek out accountability from brothers and sisters who will be very honest with me, and I need to strive to submit to Christ daily. Jude and James show us the Christian life is not just uh, okay, I didn't believe, and now I do believe. It's not just head knowledge. It's a submission of the will to the Lord and a humbling of myself before others, which is just <laughs> really convicting, you know, really powerful and convicting. And so so um, I want to, like, like in, in looking at these two guys, there's not a lot in Scripture about Jude, but we have a good bit about James. James is a key leader in the first church, like in, in, the, in the first century church. In fact, he was the leader in Jerusalem, uh, and a couple, couple of quick thoughts on James. James was um, James was called James the Just, and you might have heard this before. I, I remember hearing this years ago that he was called James the Just because he would intercede. He would go into the temple, and they call, there was. I remember hearing a preacher say one time that they called him Camel Knees because his knees were calloused like leather. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, and that that came from like Eusebius or. Irenaeus, I don't remember. One of the early church founders, I think, had written about that. And so, if the, if that's true, and I'm I'm speaking a little bit off the cuff here, if that's true, then certainly in the early church, he was recognized as 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 this man of humility and intercession. 
And so he's humble, but he's contending for the faith. And at the Jerusalem Council, he's the leader. I mean, they're coming to him for, how do you want to do this? What do you think about this? Or how are we going to handle Judaizers and false teachers? And so he's, he's tasked with managing major, major gospel church planning missionary movement and all the funding that goes with that and the network. And this is a guy who had rejected the gospel. And I say rejected the gospel, he had rejected Jesus. Now listen to this, John chapter 7, verse 5. John chapter 7, verse 5. This is, this is long before the, the crucifixion of Jesus. John 7, verse 5, Jesus goes to the Feast of Booths, and it says this, For not even his brothers believed in him. So James and Jude did not believe in him. At the Feast of Booths in John 5, they are rejecting his claims as Messiah. And then when you jump to Acts 1, it says all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So they're there devoting themselves to prayer, seeking wisdom and counsel, having just watched the Lord ascend. Um, this is this is just a few weeks after the resurrection. Their lives are completely changed. And then in 1 Corinthians fifteen seven, James, his appearance of Jesus, it says, then he appeared to James then to all the apostles it even he in the order of things there's there's some strength given to James's eyewitness account so the evidence of the resurrection turned the brothers of Jesus from skeptic skeptics who were devout in their Judaism into believers upon whom Jesus would build and grow the church through a global missionary movement fascinating i'm just fascinating i know i covered a lot of this in the last episode but i wanted to i wanted to zero in on these guys because in this uh in this in introduction to the book of jude jude identifies himself a slave of jesus and the brother of james and so this not just this the 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 eyewitness account changed their perception or their view or gave them head knowledge it brought them to a place of repentance and submission to the will of god for their lives and that is so powerful and and to the point that ultimately they would be willing to abandon their lives, leave what they knew behind, and pursue Jesus in obedience to the advance of the gospel throughout the kingdom, throughout throughout the Roman Empire, throughout the, the, the known world. And tradition and history tell us that they were martyred. James, James the Just was martyred. I believe he was beheaded. I think you have to check my work on that. But he was he, he died. And these guys, these guys traveled thousands of miles by foot over the next few decades to preach the gospel of Jesus because they had seen with their own eyes the one they rejected. The Bible even says in John 19, they weren't even there when their brother was was arrested, wrongly tried, falsely tried, falsely condemned, and unjustly executed. They They weren't even there, but then they saw him. He appeared to them. And the evidence was so overwhelming. They not only gained head knowledge, they surrendered and submitted their wills to him. That's why in the third verse of the letter, Jude could say, contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. In humility, but in boldness. In strength and passion. In courage and honor. Contend for the faith. Contend for it. This idea of contending is not that... uh, it's it's not that I would contend just in a combative way to be an obnoxious, aggressive Christian. 
It's that. It's that. Oh, let me let me read something from my notes on this. We need to be humble and submit our lives to others. We're also called to lead. So while these men submitted humbly to the authority of the lordship of Jesus and to others in the church, they also recognized they were called to lead. Humility does not negate leadership responsibility. That is neither leadership nor humility. Humble leaders will still lead with conviction and will ultimately submit to the authority of God. This, in turn, will give boldness that is devoid of arrogance. It will be boldness that is driven by a fear of the Lord, a passion for the purity of the church, the desire to defend and protect those we have been entrusted to lead. But this boldness will be confident and humble. James was bold enough that he confronted heresies within the church and was a leader among leaders, yet he was willing to spend more time in intercessory prayer along with the Lord than anything else. And in the end, he was willing to lay down his life for the purity of the church and the gospel and for Jesus' sake. As leaders, we must strive for humility and accountability and keep our eyes on the resurrected Lord. Something from my notes and journal that I wanted to share with you. Just just the, the evidence of Jesus at work in James and Jude's life should encourage us, strengthen us, both in our in our apologetic, that's our 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 defense of the faith, and our willingness to contend for the faith. And that word contend in Jude three literally means to agonize. It's from the it's from the Greek word Greek word agonizomai, which is to agonize in contention and striving, fighting, straining for a goal or in combat or for a prize or, or, or to win the day. And it's a really strong word. So um, the resurrection of Jesus means everything for us. It meant everything for Jude. It meant everything for James. And they were willing to preach, lead, submit, and be bold for the gospel and ultimately to give their lives. Hope that's an encouragement to you. Thanks for joining, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.